everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bruins Tape to Tape. I'm your host this week, uh, Caroline here, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Maria. Hey, Maria. Hello, my friend. How are you tonight? Oh, you know, it's been better being a Bruins fan. It's been a little bit better than than things have been lately. Yeah, we've hit a bit of a rocky road with this team in the month of December. December? You mean February? I mean February? Jesus, I maybe I want to go back to December. Holy I don't moly! Know. Maybe I want December to go back. December was pretty bad, so pretty, I think that's uh, maybe that's yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what team. I don't know what team. No, we're no, gonna either. Um, what's insane is in spite of the last twenty-seven days. Uh, because today is uh, Tuesday the 27th, um, the Bruins still sit atop the Eastern Conference standings uh, ahead by a point with, against the Rangers. Uh, it's pretty neck and neck for the top three, 82 points for Boston, 81 for the New York, and 80 points for Florida. And then there's a little bit of a gap, but it, it's been a, a weird month. And I have to tell you, I'm very glad to be uh, pretty much done with this month. Um, mixed feelings because I personally don't enjoy how the Bruins have played. I haven't mostly enjoyed watching them play. Uh, but I guess it's okay because they still sit atop the standings and we all just wanted them to make playoffs. So I don't. So, so. Do you do you hear the tone in your voice? Because to me, it, it it lacks a sense of confidence right now, and I I can tell you that my my confidence level in this team is um, a bit shaky at this point in time, based on what what I'm seeing. I, I know what the standings tell us, and I know that they took five out of a possible eight points from this road trip. But when you look at the development of these games from beginning to end, how can you not be concerned? Yeah, I agree. Ab you know, I think about the, what you're seeing. Yeah, I think what uh, the overall concern is, it's not that they've lost games whatever they lose games they get into overtime and they get a point great whatever right it's not what we're looking at isn't bad puck luck or like random losses here and there okay they didn't have it here they didn't do it there whatever it's a consistent issue that keeps happening with different teams of different skill levels and that's the concern because that's something that will kill a playoff run. Um, and the fact that it keeps coming up over and over again, and you know, I think we're we're talking primarily about squandering leads more than anything. Leads. Yeah, uh, more than the the power play, more than you know, people showing up or you know, energy levels. I think the the squandering of the leads is the is the lead, so to speak. Um, well, I'm going to share a fun fact yeah. with you. 
on on the, the power play because that is now we might we might not be as concerned or having this current conversation about this team's inability to hold leads to extend leads mm-hmm. if their power play right was was clicking so just in the month of february okay yeah. starting with the game on february 6th through the game against the Kraken last night, the Bruins have had 35 power play opportunities in those games. Care to take a guess how many power play goals they have scored in those 35 opportunities? Two? Four. (laughs) Four. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I'm looking at this going, that's not a good percentage. No, it's bad. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 extremely concerning. Not just the power play thing, because like, OK. Fine, you know, the power play is not clicking. If they had been able to actually finish and actually play at least in the third period, maybe that wouldn't be an issue and it would kind of be like, okay, a nice-to-have improvement on. But at this point, I mean, if they can't close a game, then they're going to have to rely heavily on the ability to then just simply outscore their opponents, and that's not what is happening. And and we saw it in their their postseason last year. Yes. Again... 59 seconds that's all I have and to say. and <laughs> right yeah and, and no I mean it's 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 a legitimate concern you know for those of us who you know get entrenched in these games that you know come on the air that make our phone calls to lock local sports talk radios because you know we care about this team we're passionate about this sport this is a serious and significant area of concern for me now the roster is a touch different than it was during that playoff run last season against the Florida Panthers, but not that dramatically different. You still have Brad Marchand, Pasternak, Zaka, Coyle, DeBrusque, McAvoy, Carlo. Those, those guys are still, okay, have an inability to control the game, close out the game, extend the lead. And, you know, I myself, honestly, I'm getting a little tired of their rhetoric and listening to them saying the same things time and time again, including, including Coach Montgomery. I would like to know, what are you, what are you coaching? What are you doing to you know, prevent this from happening, from letting these guys seemingly get into their own heads where they just go into this, like, I call it bend, don't break, you know, brick and others refer to it as prevent defense. You can't play that way in today's National Hockey League. It's a recipe for disaster. And we've seen it come to fruition during the course of these games where you let the team back in. Right. Well, and what's 
what I'm struggling to kind of wrap my head around, because again, you know, you and I both have great respect for the Morning Brew crew. You know, they have a lot of really good insight and a lot of experience, both as players and, and, you know, what they see and where they see it. So, you know, I take, I take a good amount of stock in what Jaffe and Razor have to say. And this, it's getting to the point where I'm like, okay, you guys may be a little too optimistic or something because, you know, at least on that podcast, and I know you're, you're going to share a little bit about some, um, extracurriculars you participated in this past weekend with some other local radio stations, mm. but you know, they haven't raised the alarm bells. And one of the things that I've heard Jaffe talk about a lot is, well, you know, they just need some practice time and blah, 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 which like, okay, I'm not saying that they don't need the legit practice time, but here's the thing. All the other 31 other teams in the NHL have access to the same amount or not a large amount of actual practice time. So, and they're not having this issue. So I don't really buy that anymore. Like you can't just be reliant on figuring out how to resolve this at the next practice, which might not be for a number of days, especially if you're on the road, right? Like, right. you have to be able to figure out how to solve this problem without using practice. Because at the end of the day, you know, we've talked a lot about this in the Discord where with Calgary and Seattle, like, I don't know how as much for Seattle, but I know Calgary, like, they're not ready to throw in the towel in regards no. to playoffs, right? Like, no, they're 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 not. They're maybe kind of on the edge of the bubble on the on the wrong side, but they're clearly not giving up, and they're clearly you know showing what we would call you know desperation. They've got nothing to lose, so they're going to throw everything at them. And so you know, we may say, well, you know, the Bruins maybe their head or heart wasn't in it because they don't need this win. The other team needs this win. But here's the thing, because of the way that the Bruins are currently positioned for the playoffs, even if they don't finish first in the East, you know, and they're still up there, they are going to be an upper level seed, which means the team that they're playing against is going to be a desperate, hungry team because A, they've probably been in that mode for the last month, six weeks to get to that lower level spot, right? Like if they finish first, they're going to be up against a team that has been kicking and fighting to get into the car yeah literally look at florida that is literally what happened they had that attitude going into the playoffs they got their spot and they kept that attitude going and it took them all the way to the stanley cup final so like yeah okay maybe they lost because they're playing against a team that's showing more desperation but it's only going to be worse in the playoffs <laughs> So like you can't, you know, and you can't and you can't go limping in, you know, th th this is this is not a winning mentality or mindset. And, I, you know, I'm frankly and I'm sure the coaching staff is is a little dumbfounded by it as well. But, you know, when when I hear Coach Montgomery in post game say that, you know, I'm going to have to take a look at the personnel that I have out there. And then I see you put the same personnel right. out there. Like, what? I, 
and it, it's I'm at a loss for words here because I'm I'm just so I'm so dumbfounded I'm pissed off because you know I'm looking at this Vancouver game from okay that was a three two the Bruins were up two two nothing they played forty minutes of really good hockey really good hockey yep. you know Vancouver started to make a little bit of a push um, late in the second period yep. but. By the time they Vancouver started the third period, they were all over the Blue Wings. Okay, now the fourth line at, at that night consisted of Justin Brazo, Anthony Richard, and Boquist. They were your best line. I didn't see them do anything egregious that made any kind. You know, I didn't see them make any you know blatant dumb mistakes. Yet when I go and I check their ice time between the three of them, they have less than 11 minutes of ice time in that game. Now, if you're telling me you want to switch up the, what have you got to lose at this point? If they're being just as responsible, both offensively and defensively, as some of your core guys who are not giving you what you need right now, Jim, okay? What the hell at this point? Put them out there. Right. We've got the space, you know, like literally at this point, if the outcome regardless is the loss, at least try these young guys because, you know, I I do want to kind of shift for a moment to some of the positive things that. I saw that you saw from this road trip because I'm not totally hopeless. No, no, no. To what can happen because we saw some very, very good things, right? So talking about that fourth line, they did a phenomenal job, you know, and I think the difference between them and the other folks is the fact that they are the new guys. They have a lot to prove. They want to do the best. I think they're coming in with a fresh attitude that the rest of the right. They're hungry. Yeah, they're in they're a hungry. mental space. Mm-hmm. So clearly, all of this crap that's been happening in February to me, it seems pretty obvious that it is having a negative, um, you know, psychological impact on the team. They can't get out of their own way. They're making stupid mistakes. They're they're not finishing right. These guys are a great example, and the rest of the team should look to them for the attitude. You know, they had the dominance in the Edmonton game, probably the most, one of the most entertaining games that I've watched all season. And even the positive takeaway from Calgary for me was the fact that they played the night before. Their travel was kind of stupid, like why they didn't stay the night in Edmonton and fly up in the morning because it's like a 20 minute flight. Like they didn't get to their hotel rooms until what, two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, whatever. It was just ridiculous. So they had a terrible start, but they were mm. just mid game. And they got better as the game went over. Yeah. Yeah. I, they made yeah. stupid mistakes, but I love to see a team recognize what's going poorly and make those in-game adjustments. That shows me positive growth. Um, and the goaltending was good, right? Like, I mean, they were still left out to dry in some instances. But, you know, I mean, so that's what gives me hope. I, what was what was your positives that you saw 
from the the, the road trip? Um, the, the fact that the you know that that younger group of players has to me just been getting better. Mm-hmm. And I- Anthony Richard, I mean, and 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 clearly, you know, he's caught the attention of the coaching staff because um he was moved up to play alongside of um Marchand and Coyle Ooh. last night. So and I think JVR ended up um being on the line with uh Boquist and and Brazo. So, you know, the fact that um, Jake DeBrusque finally got on the score sheet, and I believe it was the game against Calgary. Now it took his father to... Calgary or Edmonton? uh, I'm sorry, Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, it took took Louie to encourage his son to get his head out of his ass, but, um, you know... And there, there were a couple of games where Bruins, the Bruins did get a couple of timely power play goals, despite the fun fact that I shared mm-hmm. um, with regard to the um, <laughs> anemia that has hit the power play. You know, and even Monty, I forget even which game it was. He tried to make changes to the power play units where he put... Um, Geeky and I forget who it was on the first unit, and that gave them absolutely nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. So I mean, I, I know he's trying things. I know he's trying to push buttons, but it doesn't seem that he's pushing the right buttons with this group. I, I don't know if he's trying to give them time to figure it out on their own. Maybe he has enough confidence in. The, the the core component of this group to get their heads right and, you know, continue the the level of play that we, we see for 40 minutes and carry that over into the third period. But, you know, again, for, for me, it's just a mindset issue and a confidence issue in terms of, you know, a good, a good team knows how to put their opponents away yes yep and that's been an ongoing issue i mean again you know it's not unique to jim montgomery you know a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about the power play even the finishing and the clearing like that's not explicitly jim montgomery's fault because it's it was issues that existed well before him but he's the coach now and he's got to try and figure it out. I, I, I don't know how one does that, uh, but it's it's getting to the point where the blown leads is getting national attention. Like, yes, it is. You no, know, it's not. It just is coming up from you know the Boston beat writers. Like no, no. You know, Pluto or whatever, just on Twitter, what have you. Like he actually had an article on the Athletic, which is obviously a national. Uh, it's related to the New York Times now, so it's a national new like news uh, outlet. Um, you know, the guys are talking about it on you know the Athletic po- Hockey Podcast and Thirty Two Thoughts and like Thirty Two Thoughts. Yep, it's it's not good 
to have that kind of attention for that reason. Uh, no. And now it's drilling down into the attention of, okay, you know, it's, it's one thing for our local talk radio show hosts right. to, to say, oh, you got to trade one of your goalies. You got to trade Olmark. Now it's getting national traction. Right. right. This conversation about, okay, as we approach the trade deadline, as you see that the Bruins are having these struggles with closing out games, should they consider trading Linus or one of their goalies? Linus's name is the one that comes up. Um, no trade. Like, it's idiotic. He can't be moved. Well, here's here's the, 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 what you hear. The comeback for that is, yeah, anybody can waive their no trade clause. So just, I, would I? It's ridiculous. I know, but I mean, this, this is coming from Elliot Friedman. This, you know, to, to your point about, you know, should they actually consider if, if, and again, if you're a GM and you're doing your due diligence and someone picks up the phone and calls you and makes an offer that you need to consider the offer. Now, can some of this be playing into? The players' heads, because again, they they can say that they you know shut out all this noise all they want, but I'm sure that they hear, you know, the criticism. I'm sure that all players start hearing rumors about this, that, or the other thing about you know their names being thrown around in in a trade here or a trade there, and it lends itself to sometimes maybe GMs having to have difficult or uncomfortable conversations with members of their roster. So, you know, could some of that be coming into play? Now you got, you know, players missing team meetings. Derek Forbert was a scratch I mean, in the you, game. You're not even at home. So like, what, where were you? <laughs> How do you <laughs> miss a team? On the road. Right. That happened with Dick DeBrun. Yes. Like, right. Where are you? <laughs> so you, re, re, it, I don't know if you can recall, but I had to go back and, you know, dig through my memory banks of the last time that the Boston Bruins had not one, but two members of their team in the same year who both were healthy scratches for disciplinary reasons for missing meetings. You know, the last time that happened, 2011, with 19-year-old Tyler Sagan. So... You know, when when you look at all of this and you say to yourself, is this is this something not right in that room right now? Yeah. Well, and, you know, speaking of trades and the trade deadline, it we are. Ten days away from the trade deadline, and one of two things is is going to happen, because unlike last year, where, you know, it was like the Black Friday keeps creeping into Thanksgiving with the trade deadline. Um, that, with the exception of the little bit of movement that happened around the All-Star game, nothing's really been going on. So either nothing is going to come of this year's trade because of the cap situation, or it's going to be very much like it's been in the past with, you know, a very busy first full week of March. And you know that that's something that players 
think about, even if they're not reading the news, like they know, well, I got to just get through March 8th, 3 p.m. on March 8th, and then maybe I can breathe easy or whatever, right? Like, we don't know what's going to happen this year because I think there is so much unknown. Yeah. And I can't, listen, the, the Bruins are probably in one of the toughest spots that they've ever been in in a trade deadline. When you look at how little room they have, they, they need a defenseman. They probably need to bolster their secondary scoring. But in order to do that, you're going to have to part with something that's currently on your roster or a prospect that has not only value to you, but value to another team. And I'm not sure, and, and I can't believe that it's me saying this, I'm not sure that I would do that this season. I would likely prefer to wait until the off season when you actually know how much the cap is going up. You actually know, right? I, I, because you've got what? What are you doing with Jake DeBrusque? I know. What are you doing with him? Well, let's put it this way. I feel fairly confident that if he's not signed by next week, I think they're gonna they're gonna take it to, to they're gonna take it to the end. And he's probably then gonna be walking. Or they're yeah. kind of walk. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you don't get it done before the trade deadline or I don't know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, at least that's always what my impression was of that. The thing is now there's like, always way to make there's always ways to make deals, creative ways to make deals. Right. And, you know, it, it it's it's not it wouldn't be uncommon for, you know, say someone who might have an interest in Jake. Who says, okay, we'll talk to you about Jake, but let me see if we can, you know, we've got to be able to extend it. Right. If we're going to make this deal, right, right, and we right. want him here. That's yeah. what happened with, with um, Lindholm. I Lindholm. Think that I think that their priority more so is the defense because we've seen, with the exception of the month of December and the month of February, we've seen tremendous depth in scoring it's yes it's not i think it's right it's there i would say the biggest hole the biggest disappointment has been the defense and it's something that we have talked about consistently that it's it's really become more and more obvious that the lack of bergeron isn't i don't think it's being felt necessarily by the forwards I think it's being felt and seen by the defense because I yeah. thought he was covering a whole manner of sins yeah, and making up for them or setting them up in a way that allowed them to be successful in, in a way that actually, oh, it looks like maybe they aren't as good as he helped them be, you know? I think yeah, that's and- the biggest issue because I th- I have been consistently this season disappointed by Matt Grizzlick, by Chucky. Uh, by Lindholm, like literally the only defenseman who has regularly been on my, you know, good list has been Brandon Carlo. Yeah. And then when they play him, Wotherspoon. He's not as regular as the other guys, but those although he he has a propensity for, on occasion, yeah. 
um, making making a boneheaded a boneheaded play. Um, yeah. So essentially, but, Brandon Carlo is the only one doing his damn job. <laughs> In my well, and, right, and you know, and I, I've seen better of Lindholm than we have this season. I, I don't know if he's got. I'm sorry. He, I know he. He does. He does. He's not, but he, I mean, he's logging a boatload of minutes up until this injury. And I just wonder if there was something that um, has been bothering him and he's been trying to, to play to play through it. But you're right. Brandon Carlo has been their steadiest defenseman. And, you know, for as much as Charlie McAvoy was the star of the win in Edmonton, he took over that game by all accounts. He took over that game, which is awesome. Right. Awesome to see and what you want out of him. But Chucky needs to be doing that consistently. I'm not, I don't know that you can do that every game and sustain that pace of play when you're logging that kind of minutes, but he's a player that should be impacting the results during the game for the Boston Bruins. Well, you know, it all comes down to the idea of the clutch player, right? And these are the guys who are supposed to be your clutch players. They're supposed to pick it up and make an impact in the moment of need, right? That's that's their role. That's why you pay them what you pay them. and. You know, we could talk about again in another shootout where David Pasternak, like, where's <sighs> where's that wicked shot? I, yeah. I full disclosure, I did not stay. On Can I tell you something about the Bruins? But they suck. No, ever since the shootout was implemented, the Boston Bruins have sucked at it. Okay, they chuck. No. They, they, no, they just downright suck at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, and this may be why I hate the shootout. I would rather them take the extra time in overtime than watch them in a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I get really frustrated as a fan uh, to see Pasternak play, you know, even in games where he does really, really well. Um, because I believe in the Seattle game, he was having a fine game. The this happened in uh in Boston against Dallas. I mean, he didn't have a fine game there because he didn't have a shot on goal until the third. No, he did have one shot on goal, and it's he scored, but that was his only shot. Yeah, yeah, but that was his really only real shot on goal in that Dallas game. But then to watch him in the shootouts, I mean. We know what he's capable of because we've seen him do that wicked shot from basically behind him in penalty shots. Why are we not seeing that more consistently? I don't know. Uh, I don't love not seeing it. Like it just it it comes across as not caring. Like he's like, I don't want to be here. I'm done playing. Like, yeah, no, no, no. It, it the the box. No, no, the body language it lends itself to pe to making that assumption. Right. And it's been like that the last couple of shootouts. Like and I'm not talking just 
against Seattle and against Dallas. Like it's been happening the last few. So I don't know what the deal is with that. But again, it's frustrating to witness because you know that he is supposed to be a clutch player. You know, Brad Marchand's supposed to be the clutch player. Chucky, you know, clutch player. I don't know. Now, he did put, Monty put Chucky back out on the shootout last night. And I think he was going to try the same shot um, that won the game. Yep. Got the next point against Dallas. And I believe he um, just kind of lost the puck off the end of his stick. But, you know, I'm I'm looking at the, the, the first three that Monty put out there for the shootout. Mm-hmm. And it was Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy, and David Pasternak. Now, here here's where I'm going to take issue with Coach Montgomery. After one of the games, you said you're going to have to take a look at the personnel that you're utilizing. Okay. Same guys. Over and over again. Same guys. What's going on? Yeah. Now, maybe... You you were going to see if you could extend the shootout and maybe go to one of these, you know, younger kids, Anthony Richard or Brazo or Boquist. Like, Boquist can, you know, he's had some snipe. Like, I I don't understand. I, I just. Right. Like, this is why I'm saying this is this is a collective concern, because now I'm worried about um, coaching right. decisions and coaching adjustments. So that to me goes all hand in hand with the, you know, these, these concerns that are mounting. I'm not saying that they're insurmountable, but they are, they are mounting now. I feel like if he was actually serious about that comment, because he'd made comments like that prior to the Dallas game and that shootout went now nine rounds. And in that game, you had those fourth liners scoring the goals so why why in that moment right nine you went nine deep why why not like at that point put your money where your mouth is now and again i don't know you know maybe they look at you're the you're an analytics person right i don't know are they looking at analytics to say oh this is the percentage that this guy which is uh, analytics drives me crazy drives me crazy Sometimes you got to go with your gut. Because that's the thing. They interviewed Monty. If you saw the uh, post-game interview after the Dallas game, you know, someone asked that question, like, are you not like, are you doing analytics or using analytics? But like, are you using something, a tool of some kind or your gut? And he said it was a a combination of both. And so he said, what was your choice with Charlie? Uh, McAvoy and he said that was a gut choice Hmm. so you know I don't think there's a perfect science to it but at the same time like you gotta try something else you've got to like and I can't believe that a guy who we affectionately call like this mad scientist who's willing to you know get creative with his lines and all this stuff is what all of a sudden actually not going to when it matters most like your your clutch guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing so don't shorten the bench in that direction right yeah it seems like he's committed to live and die by these guys and i don't know you know again I, i've never been a coach i don't know that if you've ever been a coach 
And and maybe it's a question of, you know, these are my core guys. I don't want to lose these guys. I don't want to offend these guys. But, uh, you know, when, when you're... They have to do their job. But they still have to do their job. They still have to show up and play. They still need to try and, you know, put the puck in the net. They need to make smart decisions, better decisions with the puck. They can't be just sitting back and sitting back and sitting back to the point where you're watching, you know, your goalie being peppered time and time again. Oh, and by the way, goalies who sometimes try to do a little too much as Linus did last night during a penalty kill where he tried to clear the puck himself. And lo and behold, no, well, you should have been scared because he literally put the puck on Jordan Eberle's stick and it landed in the back of the net, similar to the goal that Markstrom gifted Charlie Coyle in the Calgary game. So this, this is what it, it's like a, a spiraling thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're They need to get out of their own way at this point. Um, Cause it's not doing anyone any good, but so I don't want to be, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Like, you know, we know what we liked. We know a lot about what we didn't like. So thinking ahead again, you know, we, we did this little thought experiment, uh, last week and funny enough, everything that you and I had said of what we wanted to see, they did it in the Edmonton game. And that was really great. Um, but we've got for some, uh, upcoming games, um, they play on Thursday, uh, back at home. They are hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, what, what do you want to see specifically based on what we unfortunately witnessed over the last week? What do you want to see that will tell you that, you know? They're taking the idea of change seriously. Well, I mean, clearly we need to see a full 60 minutes. Yeah. Okay. A full 60 minutes, including the third period. Um, if, if, if and when you have the lead in this game or you take the lead in this game, mm-hmm. I need to see that lead maintained and, and protected. And and or expanded upon, you know, short short of that, like we 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 can't continue. I'm not worried about the goaltending, okay? Um, you know, they, those those guys again, they, they've had a little bit of a slide here or there. You know, they've had their moments where, you know, they've let in a, a, a softy or two, but I wouldn't say that that's costing them games. Right. What's costing them games is. That third period, I don't even want to say it's a lull. That third period kind of retreating to their shout. Yeah, I don't really know <laughs> what to make of it. Um, yeah, I want to see... And I want to see Monty making real in-game decisions. When, when he sees it going south, okay? When he sees things going south... I want to see Monty act on it. I don't care if it means calling a timeout, waiting for the TV timeout, but making 
adjustments to send a message saying, guys, we're not effing doing this again. Right. Yeah, I want to see from him, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You know, if if you've got the those guys on the fourth line continuing to cook the way that they are, I want to see him actually then utilize them, take advantage of that. You know, there's there's something to be said that when you're this new player like this, Matt Potra was like this, too. You know, you're just so excited to be there and it's, you know, just euphoric. So they've got the right attitude right now. Don't exclude them from important moments in the game, you know, get them out there, have, you know, whatever it is. I want to see some of that kind of change. Um, That's the primary thing. And I, and I want to see, you know, I agree with you, like full 60 minutes, at least give me show up for the third period. I mean, for the love of God, um, Yeah, I don't think it's a question of them not showing up. It's just, um, it's like, I can't even describe it. It's like a mentality that when they see that the team making the push and, you know, it's, 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 it's almost as if they, the opposing team can sense blood in the water when they see uh, the Boston Bruins sitting back in their own end. Just saying, okay, we can weather the storm. We can weather the storm. We can weather the storm. Well, no, you can't. You can't in today's NHL. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say then I think you're right. I think you've kind of described it a little better. I want to see more actual aggression. I I mean, there's just not enough aggression, period. They're not, you know, they're just not there doing that. Uh, And they are obviously capable. Like, again, we see them do this. So. You know, show me that Edmonton game again. I want to see that happen again. Let's let's make that happen because. Well, I'd rather not see them blow a four-one lead. But no, that piece yeah. not. But yeah. Well, can we leave that piece there, out? Yes, yes. Yeah. Being there, all the best parts of that game. You know, being there, being present. You know, being actively engaged. Like I don't know. It's like you said. It's kind of hard to articulate, but they're just not. They're not taking control of the game. And that's frustrating, you know, especially when we know they can because we've seen them do it. So it'll be interesting to see. So they've actually got a pretty big-ish week coming up. So besides Vegas, um, they play the Islanders um, in New York. Uh, Then they fly up to Toronto, which is always crazy. And they've had a good turnout against Toronto so far, all of their games have been pretty good games, entertaining. And Toronto is hot right now. Yeah, Toronto is hot right now, folks. I think they've won seven in a row. Yeah, hopefully this will be a good kick in the pants because, like, I know that those players know that it's a pretty big deal to put in all you can in a Toronto game. So... Uh, they better not disappoint. And then the very next day, they play Edmonton at home. It's back to back, home and away. So that will be interesting. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. The next, and I'm sh- I'm sure the rumor mill will be flying in, in full force. Um, 
as as the uh, the first of March arrives with you know all kinds of speculation about well who knows if there's going to be any speculation you know I'm not expecting an active trade deadline for a number of reasons mostly due to you know teams being really really cap constrained but you know who who knows and just one one thing quickly that we didn't touch upon with regard to the game last night which is our favorite topic and that is the situation room in Toronto mm. who once again once again okay took away a good goal a good national hockey league goal and i i i have to ask myself why do i keep becoming aggravated disgusted about these types of decisions because i i i the, the nhl talks out of both sides of its mouth hit its ass but we want more scoring yet we'll take 4 minutes to decide that we're going to take away a good goal yeah yep yep so it's i don't even want to go down that road <laughs> quite frankly like every time they have to call toronto and it takes more than a minute they're taking away a Bruins goal. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. happened twice, I think, at least. Uh, right? To Geeky at this point this season. <laughs> Poor man. Yeah. And just just to just to give a you know quick little specific. So Morgan Geeky scored a goal coming out of the um penalty box. And, you know, he lost his balance. That's it. That was my view. Okay. Lost his balance as he was going in to shovel the puck past the Kraken goaltender and he came in contact with the goalie. Now, to the credit of the Seattle Kraken coaching staff, they decided to challenge it. You know, I don't think anybody in that Nesson studio thought that the goal was going to be called back because even Billy Jaffe and Andrew, even Andrew Race, Andrew Razor Raycroft, who is a former goalie and is part of that goalie's union had a problem with that goal being called back. Right. So just, you know, just adds more misery to, you know, if the Bruins didn't have shit luck during this month, they might not have any luck. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another frustrating week. It's not even, it, you may notice, uh, we don't even have anything for what the chirp because there was plenty to chirp about. Or around. no, we did plenty of chirping on our own today. Yeah, one of those weeks. So uh, we appreciate everyone joining us on this vent session of everything that has been irritating us uh, for the season, and hopefully now that it is out of our system, uh, it can leave their system and we can get back to actually talking about things that we liked about the game and you know all that good stuff but no they're, they're, i mean again you know it's there were there were there were signs of good hockey there have been signs of good hockey it's there Some it's there 
it's there. Something is just Mm -hmm. not right when the other team starts to come at them. Yep. Yep. So hopefully we have more exciting things to talk about next week. Um, I believe that Edmonton game is uh, on next Tuesday. Yes, it's we a... We will probably be recording not on our usual day next week, um, just because it's a game day. So Right. Yeah. We will likely record the following evening, if time allows. Um, Join us otherwise, you know, in between now and then um, on our Discord. We have lots of great conversation. Um, we laugh and cry together <laughs> as a group when we watch some of these games um but it's always a good time so definitely check that out in the show notes uh and with that maria have a good evening and you too my friend and i'll say go bees go bees